This is episode 101 on the Live Blissed Out podcast. Did you know that at the height of the pandemic in 2020, Google searches for the term insomnia increased by 58% from the three previous years? Hello, action taker. Welcome to Live Blissed Out, a podcast where I have inspirational and informational conversations with business owners and subject matter experts to help you get the scoop on a variety of topics. Tired of hesitating or making decisions without having the big picture? Want to be in the know? Then this is the place to go. I'm your host, Marissa Houston, helping you achieve bliss through awareness and action. So let's get to it. If you find yourself struggling with sleep often, there are quite a few things you might be doing that are contributing to the problem. In this episode, Seth Davis shares the most common factors to see if they sound familiar to you. You'll learn how changing your mindset about sleep can help you rest easier at night. Seth is a certified adult sleep coach from Denver, Colorado. He runs a sleep coaching business called Sleepably, along with his wife, Rebecca, and their friend, Sarah, who are pediatric sleep consultants. Seth is a former insomniac himself, so he finds it especially rewarding to share his sleep knowledge and help others finally get the healthy rest they deserve. To learn more, visit sleepably.com. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Seth, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Marissa. It's a pleasure to be here. I think this is a conversation that a lot of people are going to relate to. What are we talking about today, Seth, and how is it going to help our listeners? I figured that we would talk about some of the most common issues that I see as a sleep coach that people are making that are affecting their sleep. A lot of people have certain behaviors or certain mindsets that really can impact their sleep and reduce the amount of sleep they get. So we're just going to take a look at those and from a sleep coach perspective, so I can tell you from what I've seen working one-on-one with people, what are some of the most common issues that I tend to see? So many people have challenges with sleep in one way or another. How do we define sleep? What is healthy sleep for a normal situation for an adult that they should be aiming for so that they're getting recharged and feeling good and able to function in the best possible way? If you look at some of the big sleep organizations, you'll see seven to nine hours is one of the most common ranges of healthy sleep or seven hours and 16 minutes is another common figure you'll see. And then just across the media, you'll see eight hours is fairly standard. But it really does come down to individual sleep needs. You know, some people, their bodies can't physically get more than, say, six and a half hours. And they operate just fine on that and feel great. And they're able to be great in their daily lives with that amount of sleep. And then there are other people who physically need eight hours, eight and a half hours, because that's what's going to keep their mood good. It's going to keep them operating well at work. And so it really does come down to the individual person. But I usually tell people that you basically know that you're getting the right amount of sleep when you're able to fall asleep, we're able to feel good throughout the day, be in a reasonably good mood, and feel like you have enough energy to last throughout the day. And those are generally good indicators that you are getting the right amount of sleep for your individual sleep needs. Now that we're talking about people who are lacking sleep, I guess what I got to thinking about is, is there too much sleep? So you will see that when people are getting, you know, nine hours, nine and a half hours, or even more than that, it can indicate that there may be something going on. Sometimes 
sleeping a lot more than nine hours can be related to depression or something like that. So in general, there is such thing as getting too much sleep and you might want to check with your doctor, see if they can pinpoint something that might be going on. Because when you do get that much sleep, you're not getting as much sunlight, you're not getting as much physical activity. So it can, over time, affect you because you're missing out on those key ingredients that we need to stay healthy. So yeah, I would say that there is such a thing as too much sleep and it would be wise to consult with your doctor and see if they see something that might be going on. That's a good point because some people do sleep more than they should. It can't necessarily be good either. So there is definitely a sweet spot, as you're saying, that people need to be looking out for. What is causing this sleep deprivation or what are some of the common things that are happening that are making people struggle when it comes to sleeping properly? So there are quite a few things that can be going on. You know, one of the simplest things is that some people just don't give themselves enough time to sleep. A lot of people have that fear of missing out. And so they want to go to bed really late and then still wake up at the same time. So just they're not giving themselves proper time to achieve the rest that they really need. Some of it is just not giving yourself proper opportunity. And then you get into things like worrying about sleep can cause a lot of issues because it can lead your stress hormones to rise. And just in general, it can start your wheels spinning when it's time to go to sleep. So worry. Stress is a big one, especially just over the last year or two with COVID. We're just seeing that the number of people with insomnia has just shot up because so many people are stressed dealing with work changes, life changes, and fear of COVID itself and for their families. So stress can be a really big contributor. And then there's a lot of lifestyle elements too. So maybe our sleep hygiene is not strong. So we're doing certain behaviors that are affecting our sleep and our circadian rhythm and throwing us off in that way. So there's just so many different uh, things that can affect it. But in general, some of the things I tend to see most often are having a sleep schedule that is not really aligned with your circadian rhythm. And those stresses and those worries and anxieties are really big contributors too. Some of the listeners right now that are hearing what you're saying are probably in a situation where they've been struggling with sleep for a very long time, but they've resigned themselves to the fact that that's just the new norm for me. I guess I'm getting older and now I have to give up on the idea that I'm going to be able to sleep like I did when I was a teenager. I don't think we hear about a lot of teenagers struggling for whatever reason. And that's a generalization, of course. We always look back to when we were younger and go, I had no problem sleeping. And then now all of a sudden it's different. And we associate that with the fact that we're aging and that might have some consequence to it. And some people have just lived with that for so long. What would you say they should be doing now so that they can realize that it doesn't have to be that way, that there are things that can be done so that they can get that sleep again and experience that wonderful, fresh feeling that you get when you wake up fully rested? Yeah, I think you're right that there are a lot of people out there who they've lived with this for years, which has become part of their life. And even though they know that they could be better in their daily lives with more sleep. They just kind of have resigned themselves to it. Just over the last year, I worked with somebody who he dealt with sleep issues for seven years. He was a nightly user of sleep aids. And when I first talked to him, he just told me, you know, I've tried everything. I've read every book. I have 
done all this and I've pretty much resigned myself to the fact that this is my life for the next 30 years. And he told me, if you can help me solve my problems, I'll mortgage my house. That's how much I (laughs) care about this. So working with him, and it's kind of the same story with a lot of people, is that we do take a look at, is your sleep schedule working for you? You Are you giving yourself enough time? Are you giving yourself too much time to sleep? Let's take a look at your stresses and see if we can find ways to reduce those and help you manage them because those can really affect your sleep. And then, you know, it's kind of looking at it holistically and kind of taking a look at your life and seeing what are you doing that might be affecting your sleep or is your environment set up correctly to help you achieve better sleep? I would say that the biggest thing is just to realize that there are millions and millions of people out there who are dealing with insomnia right now. There are a lot more because of the pandemic in the last year. And it's not a lifelong issue. You just have to take a look at those things that could be affecting you. And there are concrete ways that you can make adjustments. And so once you really start working on it, it can become less mysterious because you spend so much time in this this space, like, why am I sleeping like this? What can I do to fix it? And it becomes this complex issue. And once we break it down, make it simpler, and really take these steps to start improving those aspects, then people can start to see, okay, I am seeing small results here. And there is something that I can actually do about this. I can be proactive and I can actually do this. So I would say, don't resign yourself. There are a lot of things that you can do with a sleep coach or a doctor or something. You can start to take those steps toward improving things. So what you're saying is there's hope. And I think that's the key there because some people have just given up on that thinking, this is the new norm and I have to live with it. What would be the major benefit of working with a coach like you on this issue versus the story that you shared where that individual read books and got information, but somehow he was not able to figure out how to solve the problem on his own? What are some of the things that a coach like you can provide? I think there's several things I hear about these often from clients that benefits. So one of the things is, you know, when people are doing all this self-research, there's this information overload. So you can read so many different articles. One says this thing, one says another thing, and you can read until, you know, your eyes are bloodshot. But trying to take all of that internet research and boil it down into an actionable plan and sort of focus on things, that's the difficult part. Working with a coach, I'm able to take an outside look at what's going on with you in your lifestyle and your behaviors and your thoughts about sleep, and then, you know, kind of apply my knowledge to build a personalized plan. So we can reduce it to, we're going to work on these two or three things this week. The next week, we're going to work on these two or three things. I'm going to explain exactly why we're doing these things and the science behind them, some tips to help you achieve them and really solidify these habits, and then provide that accountability and problem solving on a week by week basis. So it's just, it's real time help. It's a real plan. And it's also just kind of a calming voice because with people with insomnia, they tend to be worriers or stress out about it. And that's a big part of what keeps insomnia going. So to have somebody to talk you through it, have a plan for you and help talk you down from the ledge when you get a little bit crazy about things, then that's really valuable. I feel like it benefits a lot of people that I work with. Are you searching for a trusted merchant service provider for your business? SG Associates LLC is your partner for quality payment and merchant service solutions. With over 15 years of experience in credit card processing, SG Associates offers merchants the best pricing, products, and customer service available from a payment and solution service provider. Their number one goal is to save their merchants as much as possible on their credit card processing fees. To learn how they can help you, call 
455-5211 or visit sg-associatesllc.com. So you're saying it's not a one size fits all. And I think sometimes we think about that when we're thinking about sleeping, because how could it be different from what I need versus what somebody else needs? But the other element aside from that is that you are also holding them accountable because if they feel like something's not working or they're applying something and they're getting frustrated, being able to talk to you and walk through that situation and maybe pivot even, maybe that process didn't work, so let's try something else, that will help them be successful rather than give up, read a book, try one thing, it doesn't work for them, and then they think, okay, I'm never going to be able to fix this problem. That's exactly it. And yes, there are some people who I explain a concept a certain way and say, we're going to work on this. And then for some reason that doesn't resonate with them. So the following week, I'm able to kind of explain it in a different way and offer some tips to help them change how they see it and tips to help them maybe stick to a certain habit or really work through something. And so having that, like I said, the pivots is really important and being able to explain things differently for different people because everybody understands things differently or something resonates with one person that doesn't with another person. So just having that flexibility and the personalization is really important. I always like to be able to provide our listeners with a quick win, something that they can do right now that might help them test this out, figure out one little thing that they can do now that might help them see some positive results when it comes to their challenges with sleep. Is there anything that you would recommend that they can do that might help them generally get a sense of maybe there's something that I can at least start doing now that will help me get to where I want to go when it comes to sleep? There is one habit that I find myself recommending to a lot of my clients. And it's something that's so simple, but it can make a really nice change. And that's just to try to avoid looking at the clock during the night. There are so many people who wake up during the night and they start to become more awake. They look at the clock to see what time it is. And then they find themselves doing that math. You know, I only have four hours left until it's time to wake up for work. I only have two hours and it can become fixated on it. And it produces a sort of a pressure on you to fall asleep in this amount of time or else I'm going to not get enough sleep. So the simple challenge that you can do is to either turn your clock around so you can't see it or cover it with something or entirely move it out of the room. You know, if you're using your cell phone as a clock, place it somewhere else and just let it kind of be a night where you just don't know what time it is. And that can reduce so much pressure. And so, you know, when I'm working with people, you know, a lot of times just that little switch can make a big difference for people. So it's a small change, but one that can have a pretty nice effect for people. I resonate with that because if I don't sleep at a certain time, then all I keep thinking about is, oh my gosh, I only have this many hours left and then I have to be getting up and now I'm not going to get enough sleep and it causes anxiety and I didn't even think about that. Also, as you were saying that, Seth, I got to thinking about, are there any foods or things that we could take before we go to sleep that might help us sleep better? I'm talking natural, like maybe fruits or nuts or things that are helpful when it comes to helping us fall asleep? And is there a particular time frame where we say, okay, if you're going to fall asleep, don't eat one hour before bedtime or whatnot? Are there any rules like that that we can consider? Somewhere I have a huge list of foods that are good for sleep and some that are not good for sleep. You know, off the top of my head, you have turkey and things that have tryptophan in them. 
tart cherry juice is something that helps you produce more melatonin, which is a kind of a natural trigger for you to fall asleep. A lot of nuts, as you said, can contain things like tryptophan or other ingredients that can help with sleep. There is a big list of foods that can be helpful for sleep. There are certain rules around that can be helpful for before sleep. So if you can avoid spicy foods, that's something that can trigger digestive issues for a lot of people. If you can avoid big, heavy, fat-filled meals or sugar-filled meals, because you know when we start to fall asleep, our digestive process is slow. And so if you have this heavy meal just sitting in your stomach, that can cause issues during the nights. So in general, try to cut off eating food around three hours before bed or so. And if you're approaching bedtime and you feel a little bit hungry, then it's okay to have a small snack. A lot of people will do something like apple and peanut butter or banana or something like that. Just something small that will just take the edge off that hunger a little bit. Because when we sleep, basically it's this long stretch of time where we're not getting that fuel or that food in us. So a lot of times it's common for people to wake up hungry. So it's okay to just take that little snack before bed just to help us provide some fuel for us while we're sleeping at night. And the other thing I was thinking as you were saying that is that when we get to that sleep state, do we have to achieve REM? I mean, do you really have to have that very deep sleep? Because sometimes you wake up and you feel like you got such a deep sleep and other times you still feel good, but it wasn't to that level. Like, how do you measure that? Does it matter? Yeah, we definitely want to get a healthy supply of REM sleep and deep sleep. REM sleep is really restorative for our minds. It helps our brains to clear out some of the debris. We build up this waste in our brains during the day. And so when we sleep, the REM sleep, one of the things it does is help us to clear out some of that waste from our brains. Our brain basically gets a bath and it helps us to consolidate memories and the things that we learn during the day. And so it's really helpful for our mental states. And then deep sleep is helpful for it really restores our body and it's nourishing. It helps us recover from what happened during the day and come back stronger the next day. So we do want to get a healthy amount of those types of sleep. So Part of that is making sure that we're giving ourselves enough opportunity to sleep. If you're giving yourself a longer sleep window for you, then you can try to get those sleep cycles in there so you can achieve those different levels of those types of sleep. So they definitely matter. There are nights where it might feel like you just were in a lighter stage of sleep, which is possible. And some of that can be due to stresses or things like that. But in general, it is good if we can get the deep sleep and the REM sleep as often as possible. Cool. So we don't have to necessarily shoot for that every single time, but you're saying it's a nice thing to do every once in a while. Your body should achieve that so that it cleanses you. I mean, your body wants to get the restorative, the deep sleep. It wants to get the REM sleep. We should be shooting for getting that as much as possible during the week. And you know, part of that is just you know practicing good sleep hygiene, having a good sleep schedule, managing our stress, and giving ourselves enough opportunity to sleep. And if we're doing those things, you know, our body should be able to get enough of the types of rest that it needs each night. Wow, Seth, I learned so much. All of us need it. And yet we don't think about these things. We don't really ask ourselves these questions that we need to be considering. Could you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you and how they can learn more about the services that you provide? At any time, you can visit sleepably.com. That's the name of my business. So it's sleep, 
A-B-L-Y.com or check us out at Sleepably on Instagram. But if you go to our website, you can always schedule a free call with us so you can discuss your sleep challenges. So we even offer a pediatric sleep consultant. So if you have a child who's not sleeping well, we have two pediatric sleep consultants who can work with them. You can schedule a free call to talk about that with us. And if you decide the sleep coaching is right for you, then mention that you learned about us through the podcast. We'll take $50 off any sleep coaching package. So that's a good way to get started with us. Thank you. I really appreciate you being here and sharing this with us today. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. And I hope that your listeners take away at least an appreciation for why they should try to improve their sleep if they need to. That's a wrap for this episode of Live Blissed Out. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Seth Davis for joining us on the show. If you have a question or comment for a future episode, all you have to do is go to speakpipe.com forward slash L-B-O-V-M or click the link in the show notes to leave a brief audio message. If you find value in our show, please visit liveblissedout.com to reach out, subscribe, and share on social media. This show is made possible through listeners like you. Thank you. So long for now, and remember to keep moving forward.